Hi friends, how are you today? I hope you're in good health and secure. Thanks for being here. Thanks for your practice. Evil. <laughs> I don't know uh, where that word got its start. It seems, um, I don't know, pretty, pretty old, yeah? Certainly in Western philosophies, religions, evil, government, thoughts. Um, but Eurasia is not unfamiliar with the term. So uh, whether it's evil or some form of that word, I think humankind has always felt fear in some form, threatened, certainly I could imagine cave dwellers being fearful of great storms, weather changes, predators, one another. Yeah. Um, how our modern concept of evil grows out of those fears, probably many, many different ways. Um, even fear of nothing. Fear of the darkness, you might say. But evil has some baggage with it, right? Tends to indicate something outside ourselves threatening our life. That's physical. But there's also the usage of the word evil as thoughts. Self-destructive thoughts, thoughts uh, manipulated by other forces like the devil <laughs> or, or any number of mythical creatures, right? Because, oh, we can't take responsibility for what goes on in our own mind. No, no. <laughs> uh, all of that is to say, not really Buddhism, is it? So why do we see this word throughout all these books and treatises that we read in the West and, and in Asia? Well, these proselytizers or spreaders of the word, whether it's Islam or Christ or God or Jehovah or what have you, you know, if we're going to be saved by some benevolent force, then there must be some evil or non-benevolent force that it is in opposition to. Otherwise, why do we need a benevolent force? We just do it ourselves. <gasps> no, it can't be possible. <laughs> and then along comes Siddhartha, right? So, many, many cultures across this incredible planet of ours for millennia have been inculcated this term in culture, in advertising, in programming, in storytelling, in book writing. It's a convenient term because it's easy to well up a sense of dread disembodied, right? Without describing the enemy, 
to be challenged with just this one word. Oh, it's so delicious. But in Buddhism, we read these because of the translators, the authors of books and treatises, and no matter how high in the academic spheres they are, they can't devoid or dis detach themselves, many are not Buddhist, from their cultural ideologies. Even if they're not particularly religious, it doesn't matter. The vernacular, the, what they're used to saying, it just spills out of their mouth without much consideration. Otherwise, we wouldn't see this word used in Buddhist teachings. We just wouldn't. Uh, we might see hells because those are obviously conditions of the mind, self-created conditions of the mind. So when it comes to this word evil, that is the way we should try to consciously remember that in Buddhism, there is only one evil, and that is a self-created obstacle, because all are, to our Buddha path. Anything that derails our thinking, that distracts us from the goal of enlightenment, is, by definition, an obstacle. An obstacle, because of the fact it's an obstacle to our enlightenment, we can adopt this word evil. I'd rather not, but you're going to run into it everywhere. So I, in lieu of getting rid of it, because I can't just chase down everything that's ever been written in the, in the history of man on Buddhism to remove this stupid word, but what I can do is give you a, a different programming for it. Try to erase your previous tapes of a replayed mysticism about that word and replace it with this new soundbite that evil is just anything that gets in the way of your enlightenment. And by anything, ultimately, it's the way that you mentally consider it because everything is in the mind yes right you can't point to something and say that's evil i mean you could but you'd have to realize at some point even if you were watching something heinous like war like what's going on in the in the israel hamas uh, gaza thing right now or ukraine for that matter or you know, pick a, a place in the world, there's a, wars going on everywhere and atrocities in their name. In the name of religion, almost universally, right? Capitalists want to disguise it as something else, but it's about religion. It's even affected uh, Buddhist groups and I'm don't, they're not Nichiren Doctrine or Lotus Sutra Buddhists. They're treating Buddhism like a religion and therefore. So evil, derailment from the path of Buddhists. This is a term most assuredly littered throughout Western translations as an expedient, but with great damage to our understanding of Buddhist thought. 
and this is why I'm including it in the new, volume two of the book, uh, Buddhist or Buddhism reference, right? There are a great many actions that can lead to negative outcomes in our human samsaric lives, to be sure, right? We can drive drunk. We can uh, have all kinds of bad habits or, or habits of uh, indulgence or the five senses, the five skandhas. We talk about it all the time, right? We're trying to please these senses. And sure, you could say that those are negative things. But are they specific obstacles to our enlightenment? Maybe agglomerated, amalgamated, take it as a whole, sure. Maybe even specifically, they, you could trace a path to, well, I smoke a bunch of dope, so I don't feel like doing gongyo today. Any intoxicants, Shakyamuni told us, our minds are struggling to understand this great opportunity that we have for enlightenment. Most still don't even know that. But certainly, our Sangha knows. Nitrin made sure that that was clearly understood. Hmm? So anything we do to cloud our mind, which is already working hard, making great effort, to enlighten, anything that clouds the mind is evil, stands as a tremendous obstacle to our continued commitment to buddhaness, yeah? However, to use the word evil is to imply that there is some sinister force acting upon us to cause harm, right? That's the baggage, the fact is that Buddhist thought is always self-reflective, right? It's of the mind. So if we first understand the noble truths, the first statement that life is dukkha, right? Life is difficult. And that it is our deluded mind that keeps us in dukkha. And additionally, that it is up to our every action in thought, speech, deed, that is our path to liberate ourselves from dukkha and reach the mind state of buddhaness, it becomes completely obvious that the imperative is, our own, is on our own mind to work toward enlightenment constantly, right? That path, quote-unquote, should it become derailed or obfuscated, evil, is the result of our deluded or poorly influenced thoughts and actions, right? 3,000 realms in a single thought moment. So the evil is not something that is done to us, but much more significantly, totally within our control. It makes it even worse, doesn't it? This is the central point of all Buddhist thought, to escape, quote-unquote, samsara, is to make the conscious choice to steadfastly maintain the path to enlightenment. Or, as Shakyamuni stated it, I bet you know what I'm going to say, quote, single-mindedly contemplate Buddha, end quote. Those Shakyamuni's words, yeah? Remember in the story, in the Lotus, if you enter an area where there's tremendous obstacles, hmm? 
threats, so on and so forth. Keep single-mindedly contemplating Buddha and you will be protected. Protected by samurai? No, mentally. Your experience of it will radiate out and likely prevent you from deepening your fears and deepening your situation into the hands of greater obstacles. Is that not protection? Created by your own mindset. Hmm. Reminds me of the old saying, ignorance is bliss. I can't tell you how many examples I can cite of times that my sheer naivete, stupidity, about the dangers around me protected me. It's almost like those that would normally want to cause me harm looked at me as some conundrum of unawareness and just lost interest. Fine. <laughs> Is that not a protection? So interpret it as you will. Just don't make the mistake of putting it outside of your own mind. Any tendency, condition, or influence that obfuscates this path is a penetration into a weak mind too easily influenced. Distractions, the monkey mind, yeah. This is why when we see in Nichiren and throughout Shakyamuni's teachings the exhortations for a strong mind, resolve, conviction, it is also the reason for the Daimoku beginning with the characters Na and Mu. See uh, the first volume of this book for more on that. Ahead of the invocation of our innate Buddha mind. Myoho One could surmise that it is the weak mind that is evil rather than some other or external influence that is evil. I think you get the point. So that is in the new volume. The next one's a short one on the fourfold assembly. And I just added a new one. Where is it? Can't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. This word that we run across quite often uh, secret. The secret teachings, the secret, keep these teachings secret or to yourselves, right? I don't like that word, it has a lot of charisma and baggage to it as well so that's in the book I th this book is going to be this volume two is going to be much more about trying to clear up some of these confusing words or misleading words yeah anyway that's it for today thanks for listening take care of your health look in the description for links to ebooks books mandalas free stuff the podcast uh threefoldlows.com lots of free stuff there in the meantime, keep your practice strong, savor it, really sink your teeth into it, don't be lazy about it, it's not even worth doing. Be strong-minded. Namo Myodengeko, I will see you in the next one, bye for now.
Thank you.